Blog Talk Radio. Toronto last night. Sixers playing very good basketball right now. 
Uh, yes, they are, Jovan. And, you know, the interesting part is I, I I don't think there's any doubt now in anybody's mind that Doug Collins can coach. He took over a tough situation there in Philadelphia. He's got them playing great basketball this year. They, they're a contender uh, to win the East. I mean, I think it's they're not the top contender, but they got to be considered a contender. So uh, it's going to be real interesting in the East. And the West now, with baby Phil Jackson coming back, that's going to be a Donnybrook brawl every night out here. Yeah, talking about Phil Jackson, what do you what do you think about Mike Brown getting fired on Friday, five games into the season, and Phil Jackson possibly coming to head coach? Well, I uh, have talked about it to people and written about it that I, I felt like it had to go, it had to happen because there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of outside noise when it involves the Lakers. They're the toast of the town. They don't have a professional football team there. They're the number one topic. Not to mention AEG, the sports and entertainment company, that owns part of the Lakers and also owns the Staples Center and operates it. They are for sale, Jovan, right now. So I think they had a big influence in getting Mike Brown out there because if they want a premium price on that sale, you don't want the Lakers having some, like, five games over 500 here. You want them in the playoffs, creates more buzz, and adds value to your product. That's a huge issue there in Los Angeles right now. It really is a big issue in Los Angeles. And you're talking about what what you have written. If you want to find out more about what Greg has written or what I have written, let me tell you about the East West Hoops Weekly. It's our new blog. It's on Blogspot. You can check it out at www.TheEastWestHoopSoupWeekly.blogspot.com. Got some very good stories on there about the Pacific Division, about the Western Conference, about the Sixers, and a new post just up today from Greg talking about the Laker coaching Sixers situation. Check it out. Check it out only on the East West Hoops Loop Weekly.blogspot.com. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and um, and and it's definitely kind of nice to just write about it. But uh, let's face it, we don't have the stress that Chris B. Haynes, our guest tonight, has. I mean, I've said it before. I think he's got one of the three toughest jobs uh, in the NBA covering the Portland Trailblazers because it's the only game in town. And uh, his pressure's on him all the time, and he's just done a terrific job at CSNW.com. I have so much admiration for him, how hard he works. Uh, yeah, and now I mean, all those compliments, he better call in tonight. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Hopefully he does call in tonight. But as you said, he is a working man. If you follow him on Twitter, this, he, this man, I'm telling you, you want Blazers news? It's all on your timeline every single night, and especially with his game recaps right after the five minutes after the buzzer, his stuff is already up and posted. So, I mean, he is really on top of the Blazers for CSN. Yeah, he kind of created that, uh, Jovan, that I didn't even interrupt you, I apologize, that kind of rapid reaction where he just posts something immediately uh, after the game, and it's kind of a big hit with our readers and uh, I, I really think it's good. I mean, I kind of like the title even. You know, it's kind of creative, thinking outside the box. And 
and it's a pretty big hit there at com. Definitely is, and joining us on the line right now is CSNNorthwest.com's NBA writer covering the Portland Trailblazers, none other than Chris B. Haynes, joining us for the third time on the East-West Hoop Soup, our first third-time appearance. Man, I, I, I don't, should, should, should I be excited about that, or what's up? How should I feel about that? Well, we might give you the razor. You know, you might get the <laughs> razor or the uh, um, CD player. Do they even make CD players anymore? Or, or you know, yeah, we I might give know. you a Univac computer. No, is that right? Okay, well, you know, nonetheless, guys, it's a pleasure to be be on you guys' show. Award-winning show, I might, I might add. Or the, we might give you a year's supply of food to the Jesse Henry barbecue, which, by the way, Jovan, Jesse Henry, world-famous barbecuer, which I know Jovan listens program, this coming Wednesday night, he's coming out with the Chris Haynes recipe, special Uh-oh. recipe, the Chris Uh-oh. Haynes barbecue. So uh, that's going to be pretty terrific. But speaking of barbecuing, uh, the last couple games, Chris, uh, it's not been a party barbecue party for the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> after starting fast. <laughs> nice segue there, Mr. Crawford. Nice segue. Uh, no, I think that you know they had the up, you know they've been having the ups and downs the last couple of games, and uh, I think that was to be expected. Uh, you know, especially when they have a young team, uh, you know, on this the young team they have on this roster, and the guys, you know, just getting um, you know. Some quality minutes. You're talking about Victor Colbert, Joel Freeland, guys such as like that who who aren't used to playing this type of basketball, this speed of basketball. It's a learning process for a lot of people. We got the rookies and Will Barton, and Damian Lillard has been the only guy who's just can't come into the you know come into the season just ready to play. So uh, the Blazers, they, you know, they're struggling, but I think uh, I think it was to expect be expected. Chris, I know people that follow you, and, and there's a tremendous amount, especially in Philadelphia and the East Coast, where Javon's at, at, uh, at Chris B. Haynes, at Chris B. Haynes, just like it sounds, all one word. But uh, you do a great job during the game, among many things, of kind of analyzing what a player's doing out there on the floor at the time. Has there been anybody that surprised you with the Blazers Everybody knows about Lillard, but who's a surprise for you uh, with the Blazers so far, either positive or negative? Uh, well, let's go with negative first. Negative has been um, Joel Freeland. He's been a guy who's been considered one of the best big men over in Europe. And so so far for him to come over and basically not have an impact on his team, uh, that, that that has been a concern. Uh, I, think, I think the Blazers will even tell you that they expected more out of him right now. But that's a learning curve that a lot of Europeans have to, you know, go through when they come over and play against the speed and the athleticism of the NBA game. Um, you look at surprise on a positive note. I think Wesley Matthews, man. I think the way I've never, I've never really been high on Wesley up until this year. I, I didn't think he was a quality starting two guard, but he's proved me wrong for the most part of this season. You know, he was averaging 18 points a game while going up against some of the top offensive players in the game is still putting 18 on the offensive end. And, and he hasn't he hasn't stepped off the gas on defense. He's still picking guys up full court. Uh, he's still playing that ball denial defense. So he, he has done an excellent job of, 
uh, you know, still putting 100% of effort on defense at the same time, uh, trying to make the other guys work on the other end. So that's been my positive surprise. And as far as Twitter, you know, just uh, trying to analyze the game, you know, while it's happening. You know, being a guy that's played college basketball and, you know, was pretty close to going overseas and playing myself, uh, I, I always think as a media member that I can add uh, a different element to uh, to the media than probably most writers, NBA writers can, being the fact that I played the game, being the fact that I coached um, high school basketball for three years. So, uh, you know, I know all about the moves. I know what the moves are called. Uh, and so I, I do my best to, you know, to bring just a basketball viewpoint because anybody can come up with stat lines to say this is a, the, the Blazers are going on a 10-0 run, the Rockets are going on a 15-2 run or whatever, whatever it may be. But to really break down the game and be able to tell people that's not – or listening to the radio or not looking at the game on TV, but be able to see, hey, Damian Little, he was on the post and, you know, he faced up. He had, a you know, a couple of jab steps and then popped the jumper in his face, you know, things like that. So things that people can understand. And it might be to some fan, basketball fans, it might be too much information. They probably are not accustomed to hearing that type of talk. But, you know, I think it's fun for them to learn something like that as well. So uh, I think that's just a different element that I could bring to the table. Very good. Excellent explanation. Jovan, go ahead with your questions for Chris. All right, first question. How was the atmosphere of the Blazers-Spurs game that couple nights ago? Because I heard when I heard, I saw your press conference, uh, saw the cover, the, the interview you did with Chris Paul in the game, he was talking about how the Rose Garden, is, the atmosphere is just tremendous. How was that game versus the Spurs where y'all own, where the Blazers only lost by three? Uh, you're talking about the the cry atmosphere compared yeah. to the Spurs game. Is that what you mean, Jamal? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the, I think what what people understand that you know the the Pacific Northwest is particularly Portland. You know, we're stacked up here on the left coast, and not a lot of people really know or know about the environment, know about the people, know how how much how diehard of fans um, these fans are over here because you know they're so. You know, just so locked up in the corner over there. So uh, I, that was something that I was able to to recognize and and just be getting, you know, become knowledgeable when I first moved up here, you know, two and a half years ago. And um, the fans are passionate, man, especially the Blazers fans. They're some of the most passionate fans I've seen in the NBA, and I've been to pretty much every NBA arena. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not being a homer at all. I, I don't root for the Blazers or anything like that, but I'm telling you straight up that the Blazers fans – if not, if they're not the best, they're top three in the league. And uh, I think for any team to come in here um, into the Rose Garden, they're going to have their battle because not only do they have to face this team, but uh, it's real six man being the, being the crowd here. And not a lot of arenas can say that that they got a real six man being you know being the crowd and the audience. So uh, you know I, the atmosphere is like that all the time here at the Rose Garden. It, it's been sold out for I believe 195 consecutive games now. And so uh, that, that's a big, big accomplishment, a big achievement. And so, uh, you know, it's nothing new. It's just another day. It's another day for uh, Blazer fans. It's another day for the Blazers organization to have a sellout crowd helping them and cheering them on and, you know, giving them a huge home court advantage. All right. What do you think about Damian Lillard's progression from the preseason to the regular season and how he has performed so far? Well, it's, it's you know, it's um, – it's transitioned over. You know, you look at his skill set and what he provides, shooting, 
ball handling ability, the ability to attack the hole, the ability to play in the pick and roll and do it successfully. He's done it in college. He's done it in summer league. And six games in, he's done it in the NBA. And there's no, you know, there's no secret as to why every NBA columnist, national columnist, is giving him so much praise. He's deserved it up until this point. Uh, he's had pretty much one subpar game uh, up to this point going against uh, Rick Carlisle and the Dallas Mavericks where they've been trapping him on picking rolls. But I think for the most part, that's something he expected to happen. Uh, it was only obvious teams were going to start trapping him and get, trying to get the ball out of his hands. So that's something he's going to have to adjust to. And I think once Ronnie Price's foot starts getting more healthier, you're going to see Damian be put in the two-guard role to where he's going to be able to play off of the ball where teams can't just trap him bringing the ball up. And so I think you're going to be able to see Damian Lillard play more, play more out of triple threat position coming off the wing. And um, there, he hasn't been in any isolation plays as well. You know, everything has been pick and roll. Everything has been coming off the screen, taking the jump shot. So I think he, um, he hasn't been able to flourish completely yet. And, that's you know, that, that's common. That's, that's fine. He's a rookie guy take his lumps and gross, but uh, I think the world's the kid. I think the kid's the real deal, and, and hopefully if health stays on his, on, on his side, I think he'll be a top five point guard in this league. We're speaking with Chris Haynes uh, from CSNNW.com, covers the Portland Trailblazers and the NBA. Uh, Chris, let's get out of Portland just for a moment, and let's talk about the hot topic in the NBA, uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, you played on a high level. You coached high school basketball. Now you're in the firing line uh, covering the Portland Trailblazers, literally, because it's a tough job and you do it so great. I have so much admiration for you. But is that posturing? Have you ever heard of a coach not wanting to go on the road or allowing him not to go on the road? In my opinion, it's his team, and I don't know how that's going to work if Phil Jackson comes back and it's true that he's not going to coach every road game. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> you know, I, I've heard that before from Phil. You know, talking about possibly taking some games off. You know, when he when he when he was in his last coaching stint, taking a couple of away games off. But you know, to completely take road games <laughs> off, I, I think that defeats the purpose of you being a head coach. Because uh, you know, one thing Neil O'Shea, the Blazers GM, one thing he has done here. Important is that he eliminated all the voices where you can't, where you you basically can't interview the assistant GMs. There's no talking to the assistant coaches and things of that nature uh, more on a regular basis um, because point reason he wants it to be pretty much two voices being heard, his voice and the head coach's voice. So if Phil if Phil puts himself in that situation, if the Lakers actually grant that request. Uh, you know, you have a couple head coaching voices. You know, it's one thing to feel to bring on his guys uh, on board, but you know, they, they, these guys they still have their own personalities. They still pretty they'll have you know different uh, styles and different sets. So I don't see really how that will work and how that will benefit the Lakers. I, I think you're probably better off just having Mike Brown still as your head coach to for a full 82 game season than to have somebody uh, to have Phil Jackson 41 games and have another coach the other 41. Chris, I ask you what jumped out here in Portland, negative and positive. What's jumped out at you in the league so far, negative and positive? Hmm, that's a good question. I think early on it was uh, the emergence of James Harden, man. It's like, man, he had yeah. 37 and 
45 the first couple of games. He, you know, he's kind of tailed off. But I think uh, for last check, I think he's still leading the league in scoring. I think like 27.8 points or something like that. But uh, I, I still think him, um, just the fact that he's proven that he can be a number one guy, uh, you know, leading the, leading the league in scoring is not, is not an easy task. And uh, I think he's shown that he's the guy because I was skeptical about him. I was like, hey, uh, once the key, once defenses start keying in on him, hey, he's not going to be effective as he was coming off the bench in Oklahoma. So uh, I think he's proven wrong. I think he's a legitimate 24 or 25 points per game score. And so that's probably a surprise. Um, you know, the Knicks, you know, the Knicks, that's a surprise so far. I know they're undefeated, but uh, I, I, I don't really, I don't like the, the mixture of uh, players they have on that squad. Um yeah, yeah, you know it's surprising, but you know Carmelo Anthony's a talent, and uh, Tyson Chandler, you know he's a great locker room guy, a great defensive player in his own right, and so uh, you know I really don't have any um, negative things. You know I, you know I, I see the David Stern come, uh, retirement coming. Matter of fact, you, Mr. Crawford, pointed me to that. You know, like probably a couple weeks before it even happened. So uh, you know it's really not any, anything negative that I'm pretty much surprised about. Just a couple of positive notes being. James Harden and um, how the Knicks have come out. Chris, I'm kind of unique in that I, I know I'm a dinosaur and everything, but I, I love American cities. I love the inner city. I love the atmosphere, the buzz, uh, everything. And, you know, to Detroit's a city that suffered in the last 25 years, going through mayors, corrupt police chiefs, everything, but the shining light there was the Pistons for years, but boy, that franchise has gone on hard times. Can Lawrence Frank survive all this? Yeah, I, I look at it because I don't think he has much to work with right now. You know, he got a promising big man in, you know, in Monroe, and, um, he, you know, Rodney Stuckey looked like, he, man, I don't know where his game is going, man, he, but he's just a digress. But they got, you know, that kid out of Kentucky, um, Knight, uh, you know, they, they, they got some key players. You know that they're similar to what the Blazers are going through right now with just a young just a young roster and um you know they, they had to turn over that whole, you know, Pistons dynasty if you want to call it that, you know, with Chauncey and Tayshawn and those guys, you know, that's that's long gone right now. So they're going through a rebuilding process and I, I don't think you can ask Coach Frank, uh I don't think you can ask too much out of him out of this out of this roster. All you can ask for out of Coach Frank is that he teach him these youngsters, how to play the game of basketball the right way. Uh, you know, let them get, gain some experience, let them mature on the court. Uh, and, you know, they'll, I think they'll be better players for you down the road. But I think um, you will, first they have to develop within, to develop the, the talent that they have in the roster now. And then uh, after that, uh, I think they have to set themselves up to try to be players in free agents. And I'm not really familiar with their cap space in this situation, but, uh, uh, you know, to look at their roster and, and the composition of it, they definitely have to pick up a big name. Uh, that's going to be their, their only bet, unless they're developing like heck within this within the system. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more question, and then I'm going to get out of here for the night. But and Jovan will uh, finish out the program as he usually does his great job. We're speaking with Chris D. Haynes, uh, the beat writer for the Portland Trailblazers for CSNNW.com, does a wonderful job, and he is a great human being. And just if you ever see Chris, grab him and talk to him. He's just fun to talk to. But, Chris, the league is rolling right now. TV ratings are high. 
They got a long-term player contract. Everything seems to be running smoothly. Is there anything out there that catches your eye? Because you go to every game, home and road, that the league's got to be a little bit cautious about. Well, I think you look at just how the landscape of the NBA has gone over the last three or four years. That has to be a concern is the fact that, you know, agents and players have become more powerful than ever. Um, You know, I didn't cover the league in the 80s and 90s, but uh, I think it's safe to say that agents weren't as, um, you know, weren't as prominent as players as far as, uh, you know, being – decision makers or shot callers like they are now. And you look at the landscape of the NBA and how the Lakers are able to pick up four all-stars, Miami Heat, how they're able to do things. And um, and it's, look, it's looking like, man, players are shifting towards, superstar players, that is, are shifting towards warm climate cities, cities that um, they can go party at later on, cities that they can have fun. Before it was like, you know, you had the Detroit Pistons to deal with, you had the Chicago Bulls to deal with, you know. It, it was it was much more spread out as far as the talent and where you had it out, on, you know, on these NBA teams. And so uh, I'm just a little bit concerned of the power, the power moves these agents and players are able to do right now because I don't know if it's good for the league as a whole. Um, it's, gonna, it's definitely going to be an exciting year because you got the Lakers the Miami Heat, Knicks, you know, pretty much your big teams, your big markets are pretty much okay, doing good. You got the new the Brooklyn Nets, even though they're not performing that well on the court, they still got some some names down there. But uh, just in the league as a whole, I, I would be concerned to where the NBA is headed. Uh, you look at the Sacramento Kings, a team like that, man, I, I really can't see a free agent opting to go play there, you know. So, you know, I think that's something to be concerned about. But there, there's no reason to rain on the parade right now because, like you said, Mr. Crawford, the NBA is doing well. Ratings are up. Um, there's definitely interest in the NBA. Look at the whole field, Jackson, so proper. So, you know, everything's going good. But that's just something I would keep be concerned about. Jovan, go ahead. And thanks a lot, Chris. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. But Jovan's got some more questions for you. All right, everybody. With about three minutes left in the show, I got a couple more questions to ask Chris. All right, we you're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast, so you know I know a lot about my East Coast basketball. So I want to ask you about the Philadelphia 76ers, and it's specifically a player with a, with West Coast ties, and that is Drew Holiday. What have you what do you, what have you thought about his performance so far this season? Well, I haven't really been able to follow him closely this year, but from what I what I know off of his skill set, man, he's been somebody who's improved year after year. Uh, I, I didn't really think much of him coming out of college. Uh, when I first saw him play, I thought he was too slow. I thought his um, jump shot, he has a slow release. You know, it doesn't get off quickly. I was like, man, he's not going to be able to get that shot off. But he's a guy, he, he he has a knack for getting into the paint. You know what I mean? He, he, he's deceptive quick. That If I'm... If I can say that, he's a guy that you wouldn't think necessarily quick, but if you if your defense gets too close up on him, he's the type of guy that'll lower your sleep. You know, he'll jog it for about sixty percent, and then just take off. You know, automatically. So he, you know, he's deceptive with his speed and quickness. But he's a guy that's getting he's gotten better every year, year after year. Uh, yeah, he, he's some. You know, he has the potential to be. He's probably right now a top ten point guard. You know, I, I got to look at the landscape, but he's probably a top ten point guard right now. And I, I think the Philadelphia 76ers take the world of them because uh, I know when they had Lou Williams there, 
uh, last year that, uh, you know, Lou and those guys, I don't think they had the, the brightest chemistry on the court because both of them were pretty much point guards, you know, size players. So, um, you know, I think the fact that he's going, it gives a bigger load for Drew Holiday. And I, I think the world owns I'm real cool and close with his brother, Justin Holiday, who is on the Blazers' um, um, training camp roster this year. So I got to talk to Justin about Drew, especially going to that um, contract extension negotiation. So uh, I think the world of Drew, I think he's a smart player. He's not a, not a, a highlight player by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a player that gets the job done. That's very cool. I remember Justin played for the Sixers Summer League team, too, this past summer, so I thought he was pretty good, too. Um, talking about the Sixers, again, two players that a lot of well, two players that Sixers fans are starting to love is Darrell Wright, who played for the Warriors last season, and Nick Young, who played for the Clippers last season. Both players are West Coast ties. Again, what do you think about those players, their skill sets, what they bring to the table, et cetera? They're good. They're good bench players. You look at uh, Nick Young. He he just off you know offsets um, the loss of Lou Williams. He's somebody Nick Young made well. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he offsets. I was going to say he probably a better offensive scorer, but I wouldn't go that far. But Nick Young's a guy that can go off in a heartbeat. He's like a Jamal Crawford man. He'll have one night for you where he's ten for twelve. Next night, you know, he's probably one for ten. But he's a he's a scorer. That's what he does. So that was a good pickup by the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Darrell Wright is just a a player who doesn't get a lot of attention for his position. He's a small four, a long athletic small four who can guard three positions, the point guard, shooting guard, and small four position. Um, and he's a, and over the last couple of years, he's mastered that, that, that baseline three-point shot. He'll stand right there and he'll, you know, catch and pop and let it go. So he's a valuable asset. He's also a guy that can, you know, get in transition and score some um, points for you in the paint. And so I think those were good, two good pickups right there. Philadelphia, they definitely didn't um, – you know, just let their team go to waste, let their team let their team go by the wayside when Lou Williams took off. You know, they they resigned Spencer Halls. They you know got Darrell back, and I mean they got Darrell and they got uh, um, Nick Young because I thought Nick was going to remain with the Clippers, but that was a good scoop. They definitely had a pretty decent summer. And that will end off our show right there. Everybody, thanks again for listening to the East West Hoop Soup here on Block Talk Radio. Make sure you stay. Make sure you come back next week. Same time, same place here on Block Talk Radio. Again, I would like to thank Greg Crawford, my co-host, for being here tonight, and also Crispy Haynes for joining us as well. Everybody stay safe and have a great night. We'll be back next Sunday at 11 o'clock p.m.